Hi, welcome to the Carnivore Stories podcast with me, Alyssa Grubner. The carnivore way of eating completely transformed my life. And it's stories just like the ones you'll hear on this podcast that kept me going every step of the way. I hope you're ready to hear an inspirational carnivore story. I know I am, but first, let me tell you about the meat-tastic t-shirts I have for sale on my spring store. It's a great opportunity for you to become a walking billboard, if that's what you're into. And it's a great opportunity for you to support your new favorite podcast. You can find a link to the spring store in my bio on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. I'll also put a link to the store in this video's description on YouTube. So check it out and get some carnivore swag. Welcome to episode 25 of the Carnivore Stories podcast. Today, I'm joined by Noah Fritz. He's a mindset coach, personal trainer, and the author of this amazing book right here. It's called The Return to Nature. And I highly recommend it to anybody listening. All of you love this type of book. He's got so much great information in here. Be um, a really good Christmas present for somebody that you want to, you know, inspire them on their health journey um, or, you know, just living, living a little bit better life. Uh, and you can find it on Amazon. Is that right? Yes, yes. Uh, you can find okay. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for meeting me today, Noah. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Great to, uh, great to finally meet and uh, yeah, discuss a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing I want to know, I like to start off with is um, what brought you to like an ancestral way of living or an animal-based diet? Because you're young, you're only 23 and a lot of people coming, changing the way they eat um, or in their lifestyle, it takes like a big health scare, but you seem like you're pretty healthy and it didn't take all that. So what, what was the, what was the motivation? Yeah, it's funny. Cause like you said, a lot of times you see people really take control of their health after they've had some catastrophic experience or they're dealing with a chronic health condition. Uh, I haven't really ever experienced anything like that to a certain degree. I've always come from uh, sports. I come from a sports background and I was a college athlete. So I'm very focused on performance, but not only performance, optimization as well. And so I've always been searching for how can I, how can I improve my athletic performance? How can I improve my health? And so with that, um, yeah, just through my investigations and my own, uh, research and most importantly through what I felt, uh, in my body to be the healthiest, like most, um, vibrant way of, of eating and, uh, living, it was animal-based, uh, dieting, animal-based lifestyle. Um, as it is, uh, I talk about in my book, it is the most evolutionarily consistent with uh, who we are as a species, who we are as humans. We thrive off of, of, off of animal foods. So yeah, 
I come, like I said, I come mostly from performance and optimization. And it's just always been my passion to, to be healthier, to, to feel better and to help others do the same, uh, in body, mind and spirit. So. Awesome. Uh, what sport did you play? So I played football, baseball, basketball growing up, mainly though it came down to football and baseball and I played baseball in college as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so did you always eat kind of healthier or were you on like a more of a standard American diet before coming to the way you eat now? Yeah, it's funny. Um, so my, my family, um, my, my, my dad is a little bit more health conscious, I would say. However, uh, it's funny. I have to start contrast the way that I eat from the way that, you know, my, my family still eats very akin to a standard American diet. Um, a lot of processed sugars, a lot of, uh, yeah, just a lot of stuff in bags and cans mm -hmm. and boxes. So it's, it's very interesting. I'm actually living with my mom at the moment and it's a very stark contrast in the household between the way that we eat and, um, so yeah, don't, don't come from necessarily a healthy background. And I think perhaps that might have been a fuel for me, a motive for me to want to be healthier because I've seen that the manifestations of um, poor, poor nutrition and like following a standard American diet, how that can lead to things like you know, high, high blood pressure, namely that's the mm -hmm. main uh, problem I've seen arise in my family. And also um, heart disease and, and as well as even like neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's later on in life. So <clears throat> yeah, that's been uh, an, a motive for me, I would say as well, just kind of living in that environment and with my drive to want to be better, to want to perform better. It's kind of pushed me to, yeah, to really dig into to what it means to, to eat healthily and to live healthily. Yeah. Um, so what's that like? Is your mom like concerned about you? Like that you're eating all this meat, eggs, sometimes some raw eggs, some raw meat. What is she, is she, is she worried about you or, or is she like, wow, Noah's really healthy. She, she knows that I'm healthy and she sees that I'm healthy. So she doesn't really question the way that I eat, like in terms of how much saturated fat I eat. She doesn't like really question that uh, anymore. I've had a lot of discussions with her about um cholesterol saturated fat um kind of the the nuance in it and like the, a lot of the myths we have in today's world about eating and so i think she understands that it's healthy the way to eat this way however you know it's just interesting people we we really do get addicted to you know sugary foods like hyper palatable foods and mm -hmm. so i think that along with the fact that people have been eating this way for so long for most of their lives um it's it's really hard to like unlearn those patterns of the fact that you know saturated fat is the healthiest fat um it's yeah. protective uh it's protective for your brain um cholesterol is is vital in your diet i know we make it endogenously but in terms of the synthesis for vitamin D and all the, the functions of cholesterol and cellular function. Um, yeah, all, all of this is um, very new, I think, in a lot of people's in the mainstream. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, she, she doesn't question that, but she does think I'm a little, little 
strange because yeah. I, I'm sitting here eating organ meats. And I, I, I distinctly remember last Thanksgiving, I was eating lamb testicles at the dinner table while everyone else is having, you know, this, the, the casseroles and the, and the mashed potatoes. Whatever. <laughs> wow. Um, has she read your book? Uh, she has, she has not read it. She has the book. Okay. She hasn't read it. Oh, come on, mom. Oh my goodness. I, I have a little, I have a five-year-old boy. And if he ever grew up to write something like this, I would be like, oh my goodness, Huey, you're like the best son ever. Um, cause there's great stuff in this book. Um, but like, I feel like parents get that I changed your diaper syndrome, you know, and it's like, well, what do you know? Um, you know, I used to wipe your butt and, you know, all of this. So I, I know that that can be like a tricky situation, but have you experienced, has anyone ever been like, well, of course you can eat like that. You're young. It's not gonna, it's not gonna affect you. Like it's gonna affect somebody else. You can eat all this unhealthy stuff cause you're young and you haven't, you haven't gotten old yet. Yeah. Yeah, I've gotten a, I've gotten a little bit of that, I would say, um, but for the most part, it's I've gotten that. Well, well, I've also gotten some the concerns more from um, my dad's side, and just for people, friends in my life, uh, they've been um, mm -hmm. more concerned of like this is this is bad for my health, and like I'm not seeing what is happening uh, yet because I am young at this time. Uh, so yeah, I've gotten a little bit of that, but uh, more than anything, it's just, I think, I think intuitively people know that animal-based eating. And when you discuss the, the historical aspects of eating more meat and the, the nutritional density of animal foods versus plant foods, the bioavailability of nutrients, I think people understand that it's just, it's, it's this thing, it's, it's perceived as strange and it, it, in cultural standards and societal standards, it is strange because we're not used to eating that way. And I think you kind of see that um, that's where our social aspect plays such a big role in our lives because a lot of us, we'd rather eat unhealthily, but be have a sense of belonging with uh, people rather than trying to uh, forge your own path and eat more healthily, even though a lot of people may not understand that or may not understand why it is healthier and, and just see it as strange. And so I think that is a big barrier for people when it comes to eating more animal foods, animal products, especially for older adults, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so with, with that in mind that people are thinking, some people think this is crazy. What makes you stick to this? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you know, the science behind all of this, but is it also, you know, your intuition that, cause I, I would imagine, cause for me, it's a very strong why, because I was so sick before that I can say, well, you know, whatever doubts you have is BS because obviously I'm way healthier now, but for you, you know, without, you know, things going terribly wrong and then turning around what keeps you going strong and like, well, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. This is good for me. Yeah. I would say the first thing that comes to mind is just the feeling of being like, yeah. great in my body, having great energy levels, like getting awesome sleep. Uh, I could, you know, my sleep wasn't terrible beforehand, but I've noticed it get that much better. And I notice when it does get 
Uh, I notice when my sleep is impaired when I eat certain foods or like how my energy drops when I'm eating a certain way or um, eating more processed foods. So the feeling is a big thing for me. I've always been very in touch with my body uh, being an athlete. And more than that, it is really, it, it transcends the physical for me too eating this way because I see the connection of uh, the way that we eat to the health of our planet as well. And the health, not only that, but our spiritual health as well. When we do live more connected to the earth, uh, to the animals that we consume, you know, that just, that improves our relationship with God. And I know people might have different mm-hmm. conversations on uh, God. It's a big word, but uh, it improves our relationship with nature, with God, with ourselves uh, and that is such a motivating factor for me as well. And something that really keeps me grounded in eating this way, even though a lot of people around me don't necessarily follow uh, the same protocols. And, you know, that's also why it's so important to cultivate communities, like-minded communities that, that understand uh, your perceptions, understand your way of thinking, because that'll just provide you that much more uh, support and I found that through the power of social media, like through meeting you and uh, other folks that I've met online. It's uh, it's very powerful in that regard. And um, yeah, that's 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 kind of to sum it up. That's what kind of keeps me on the path. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate you talking about how it isn't just that you know what you're eating is affecting your body, but how all of the things around us are connected, our environment and our spirituality. And that's something I really enjoyed about this book. And I guess I, the reason why I'm so like fangirling over it, because I have, I feel like I have a lot of ideas in my head, but I'm like, I don't even know how to say this to somebody, but you have such a way with getting this down on paper that I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And, you know, checking all the boxes, Um, because you're really able to describe in detail how all of these things are connected and you did a great job. (laughs) Thank you very much. It it means a lot to hear you say that and uh, to see how excited you are about the book. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Interconnectedness is such a big, uh, such a big component of the book and like what I talk about, because I think it just, it opens one's eyes to seeing like when you talk, when I get into the, all the physical health uh, protocols regarding nutrition and movement and temperatures and light, I do, I do try and and stay diligent and like uh, relaying information from those chapters and connecting them in the following chapters. So that way you can kind of backtrack or yeah, you can backtrack and, and make those connections and see that because like you said, it's all, it's all integral. Um, and it all does play a role in your health and your well being. So that was, yeah, that was a big part for me. And I appreciate again, you saying that. So thank you. Yes. You're so welcome. You deserve it. Um, okay. So I want to ask you what all do you include in your diet? Hmm. Yeah. So right now, let's see, just thinking about the, the foods that I've been eating, I've had I've been eating a lot more like squashes and pumpkins because we're getting into the fall season. Right. Yeah. I've been eating a lot more of those. Uh, as far as animal foods, it's pretty, it stays pretty consistent throughout the year and it's mostly ruminants, uh, ruminant meat, ruminant fat. So like lamb, uh, cow, um, sheep, 
I've never had goat before, but goat would be another one that I like to try. Venison is another one with hunting season coming up. That's something I'll be eating more of. Do you hunt? Uh, I have not yet hunted, but it is something I'm very much looking forward to doing and like crafting as a skill and as a practice. Um, yeah, actually- I'm, I'm in the same, I'm in the same boat. I'm, I'm really, really wanting to hunt. I just haven't actually done it yet. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome. I was just listening to a podcast yesterday. I don't know if you're familiar with Paul Check. Um, no. Yeah. Paul Check. He's, he's awesome. He, and he's based out in San Diego, his Czech Institute. Um, very wise and, and smart man. Anyways, he has a podcast and he had this guest Mansell Denton on there and Mansell Denton leads these sacred hunting trips and just listening to him just talk about the value of hunting and how it connects us again to the earth and into how it grows our, allows us to flourish physically, mentally, spiritually. It is, it's really just gotten me wanting to hunt that much more. So again, haven't hunted yet, but going to, and even if I don't hunt, I I'll ask friends or uh, neighbors who hunt to save the organs and save Mm -hmm. um, anything that they don't eat for me. Um, I usually get like a good bit of deer liver and some deer hearts in the summer or in the, in the winter months. Um, So yeah, that's, I said squash, pumpkins, ruminant meats, uh, white rice is fairly consistent as well. It's just a simple carbohydrate. It's easily digestible. I'll eat that. And then I'll have as like a dessert for something like that. I might garnish, you know, some pumpkin with maple syrup or Mm. have uh, some raw milk with maple syrup. That is something else that I like to, to consume. Raw milk is big for me. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a treat that my kids really like maple syrup and raw milk. Um, okay. So you mentioned the pumpkin and squash around this time of year and you're in North Georgia. I'm curious. Um, Cause that's something I am interested in like the seasonality of um, like whole food carbohydrates for my family. Um, so that's what you're doing in the fall. What about winter? What, what do you think you might be into getting into in the winter yeah it's uh it's interesting right because we're we're so accustomed to eating carbohydrates throughout the year having those available even like tropical fruits you go to the grocery yeah pineapples in december um so for me and and just what i've considered where i'm at the, the most important thing for anyone really is to try and live locally to the best of their ability. Like if you have local farmers, see what they are growing. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of that, a lot of the times it's going to be like root vegetables, tubers, um, stuff like carrots, beets, parsnips. Um, now for someone who might have some sensitivities to those things, yeah, you might want to more or less uh, avoid those, uh, just eat them. Like maybe you include them and see how they make you feel. For me, I, I have no problem digesting them. I feel great eating, including them in my diet with animal foods. Mm-hmm. Um, so usually what I like to do is I like to like, get all these root vegetables and I'll chop them and garnish them with um, some fat and some, maybe some vinegar, and then I'll roast them. And those will be, that'll be like a carbohydrate source for me. And another one is fermented foods like sauerkrauts, um, kvass, which is fermented beets. Um, 
any kind of fermented vegetables I can digest pretty well. And a lot of people tend to do better because those, those bacteria aid in that, in that digestion. <clears throat> and then, yeah, that's, that's usually what winter looks like. I would say, again, I'm not perfect. I do eat still, I still eat white rice. You know, it is just mm-hmm. an extra carbohydrate source. I like to kind of um, perform athletically in the gym. So I do like to include those still. And, um, yeah, I think it's important to point out that, you know, ideally in an ideal world, if we're to fully adhere to the cycles of nature where I live right now, um, I'd probably be eating low to no carb in the dead of winter. However, that would also come with me sleeping, you know, 10 to 11 hours a day, like when it's dark outside and uh, in today's world, that's not very feasible. Um, so we do have to make some adjustments here and there based on what we want to achieve in our, uh, in our health journeys. <clears throat> but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll include maybe a little more carbohydrates than are, than are seasonally appropriate, but nonetheless, they're still whole foods, um, trying to source them to the best of my abilities. So, yeah. Um, and then for anybody listening, um, I think it is important to keep in mind that Noah is clearly metabolically healthy. He's young and he is fairly active as an athlete. So these are things that aren't going to affect someone, you know, and that's later in life or not as metabolically healthy. Please don't listen to this. If you're on your health journey and like, well, 23 year old Noah, he's eating all this stuff. I'm going to eat it too. Um, you know, every, everybody's an individual and maybe, you're, you are at that point in your health journey, maybe not, and you're getting there. But um, I do think that's cool that you're, you're including some uh, whole food carbs. White rice is very easily digested, a lot easily easier digested than brown rice, I understand. Um, what, does, what do your workouts look like? So you, you're not playing college sports anymore, but you're still staying active. What does that look like for you? Yeah. Um... For me, mostly, I, I love to work out outside. If I can get outside and work out, that is what I'm doing. I'm doing a lot of calisthenics. I have a pair of gymnastic rings. So what I like to do is go to the local park and hang them up on a tree. And then I love doing you know, just basic pull-ups, push-ups, and sprinting across the field out there. Um, getting barefoot, being connected to the earth. I love that really focusing on breathing in that time of exercise, breathing deeply through the nose in and out. Um, for anyone listening who's curious about like nasal breathing, if you just try and breathe through your nose, if you just consciously focus on nasal breathing, you'll find that you can really, you can reach your cardiovascular peak a lot faster than if you're breathing through your mouth, because you know, the total intake of oxygen through your nose is less. So it's, it's going to be a lot, you're going to reach that peak a lot quicker and that, that threshold a lot quicker than if you were mouth breathing. And you're also going to get that nitric oxide release, which is going to be, um, awesome for, for blood flow and, um, yeah, just a whole lot of of goodness there. So nasal breathing outside grounded, doing a lot of body weight stuff. I will go to the gym probably once or twice a week. And when I'm going to the gym, I'm doing, a lot of like kettlebell work. I really like kettlebells. So swings. Um, I like to do front squats with the kettlebells. I like to do lunges with the kettlebells and then 
rows and as even um, overhead presses. I like to just make kind of just mix it up a little bit. I've been working out for so long at this point where I don't really have a set uh, regimen. I kind of just go in there and see what my body's feeling like doing, like how, how it wants to move. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of get into these kettlebell complex moves where it, uh, I end up feeling great afterwards. Uh, Cause I come from a background of like power lifting, uh, doing a lot of heavy lifting okay. force, force performance and stuff like that. And it's kind of led me to stepping away from the gym a bit more and just, again, focusing more on um, more natural movement patterns. And I mean that by like outside running, focusing on, you know, am I, am I doing pulling? Am I pushing? Am I throwing even sometimes? I know people, a lot of people don't throw, but um, yeah, my twisting, um, am I hinging? I think more about the movement patterns themselves. And uh, again, I'm a big proponent of being outside more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Being outside is a great way to just recharge your battery, um, no matter what you're doing. Um, I, I actually, for the, for, well, not the last year, but for about a year, I was getting up at 530 in the morning, every morning, Monday through Friday to go to the gym. And, you know, most of that time the sun wasn't up yet. And I knew all of this about, you know, your circadian rhythm and that you need to be seeing the sunrise. And I was protecting my light environment at night and throughout the day, you know, I'm doing all that stuff. And I, and I was really dragging my feet to stop going to the gym in the morning because it gives me that extra few hours when the kids aren't up and I can go ahead and get that out of the way. And so two weeks ago, I finally was like, okay, well, I can find time to do my workout, but my overall health is most important to me. And I stopped going to the gym at 530 in the morning. Um, and it's only been two weeks, but I feel like, you know, even though I was feeling good before, I'm feeling even better now getting outside, getting that sunrise light in my eye. And um, because I'm not able to get to the gym all the time, I do have a home gym here in my laundry room slash home gym room. <laughs> and I can open the door so that the sunlight's coming in. And I feel like the workout is so much more invigorating when you have that light coming in that natural light coming in on on you yeah it's 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 crazy and for some people you know time like prioritizing what you do throughout the day um whether or not you're going to get up early to work out because you don't have time after or while you're working and then you have kids to take care of after work mm -hmm. um so it isn't to say that, you know, you shouldn't work out at all if you don't have that, that opportunity to in the mornings. Um, however, like you're saying, and like I discuss in my book, you know, I try and layer the chapters out to where it's from kind of the most fundamental, most important principles of health and well-being as and then we'll go down through the chapters. One of the first is the circadian rhythm and light exposure and, and the light environment, because as you may know, the light our light environment, sunlight shapes our behavior and it has shaped our behavior for ever since we've been on this planet. So if you live in accordance with sunlight to the best of your ability, you'll notice that your energy levels are going to skyrocket, really. Mm -hmm. they're, going to, they're going to shoot up, even if you're 
maybe not getting that workout in um, early in the mornings. And in fact, it might be that workout early in the mornings that's uh, taking you out of alignment with, with the sun. Um, and you might notice a bit more fatigue in your day, especially if you're under a lot of bright lightings in a gym. Um, yeah. And if you're not getting outside during the day because you're inside for work, um, I think one of the most important things, and you, you mentioned it, is seeing that sunrise, getting that, that red light from early morning sun. Uh, so even if you are working out early, if you have that time to get out for the sunrise, that's really going to allow you to have this steady, steady energy throughout the day um, and has a whole lot of hormonal, metabolic, immunologic uh, health benefits to that, neurological health benefits to that. Uh, so, yeah. 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 Cause that was the thing. It was in the gym. It was those bright fluorescent overhead lights. And I, I knew it wasn't good for me. And so for a little while I was wearing blue blockers in there, you know, doing the workout, but I felt like it, it kept me from being alert. And it was just, it got to the point that I was like, okay, this is weird. I would never be, you know, getting up before the sun, comes up to do all this strenuous exercise and, um, you know, pushing all this heavy weights. I lift heavy with intensity. Um, and I, and if I didn't wear the, the blue blockers, I'd be more alert, but it was like, you know, five 30 in the morning, like bright sunlight. Um, so yeah, I, I was telling my husband the other day, I was like, you know, what's crazy for the last year, I got up at five 30 and went to the gym every day. And he's like, yeah, I thought so too. I just didn't want to say anything. <laughs> yeah. It, it just for your, for your listeners, like they just to get an idea of what you meant, like you go, you wake up at five 30 and you go in this gym and it's like bright sunlight, the lighting from these overhead fluorescent lights, it's emitting a frequency of light that the sun emits um, when it's the mid afternoon. So when you go to a gym, at 5.30 in the morning, five in the morning, and you have these lights, it's sending, a, it's sending these signals to your brain that it's the middle of the day. And so you just bypass the whole morning and your body wants to wake up on a, on a, a little bit more of a, of a slower basis. It takes you know mm -hmm. around 90 to 120 minutes for that cortisol response in the mornings to fully return to baseline. And so you're, you don't, uh, after you've woken up, so you're less stressed after after that but uh when you're immediately going into a gym after you wake up then it just yeah throws off your circadian rhythm and, and your cortisol response and it's going to lead could potentially lead to adrenal fatigue down the road and, and feeling a bit more exhausted um so i just wanted to, to point that out yeah yes thank you thank you and you at noah I'm, I'm going to stop giving you a big head, but I am so impressed by your knowledge because like something I'll often think about is like, how, how does anybody get on the right track without what, what happened to me happening to them? Because it took me, you know, being really sick, like in possibly being close to death to figure out all of this, but for you, uh, you know, to, without having that, um, you know, baptism by fire, like, uh, for something forcing you to learn all these things for you to have such a grasp and understanding. And I'm, I'm just extremely impressed. You're, you're going places and you're going to be healthy forever. And I think it's so awesome. 
you. Thank you. I, re- I really do appreciate that. I was just going to add that for, and for people listening to this who might think that health is just a matter of eating less, moving more, you know, exercising and nutrition. Uh, that is a very, I want to say it's a very go, 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 very Western, very driven, like very masculine type of, of mentality energy. And what that can end up doing is over, it's, it's going to over exhaust you. And so you'll never actually achieve the healing that you want. Whereas if maybe you, if maybe you skip that early morning workout and you focus more on the sunlight, you focus more on getting out into nature, you focus more on your breathing, on reducing stress, and you focus more on eating um, animal-based foods, nourishing animal-based foods, then that stress is going to lower. You're going to feel more relaxed, more calm, more centered. And from that place, that's where the healing really starts to set in. You'll notice your energy starts to pick up. And then you have that energy where you're like, okay, I want to, I want to go work out now. Now I have the energy to, to yeah, exert myself instead of being at this lower level place, trying to, and trying to, to push yourself, you know, beyond that. That helps in some ways, but for the most part, I think it would help a lot of people if they just return to like, that's why I say return to nature. Mm-hmm. You just revert to these, these, first principles, um, you know, you'll realize that you don't necessarily have to push forward as much. If you can yeah. rest well, you can sleep. Sleep is a huge thing. If you can sleep well, eat well, and yeah, get, get the proper light in your eyes and on your skin, that'll do loads for your health as opposed to just working out all the time, like a CrossFit athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I don't know if, if you would agree with this, but through this whole journey, I've kind of discovered that it seems like women are, we are like, some women might out there might be offended by me saying this, but I feel like we are these delicate flowers. We're not as rough around the edges of, as men. I feel like men, they can fast all the time. They can do all sorts of things, their bodies and, you know, pretty much be okay at the end of it. But I feel like women are more delicate, their hormones and, you know, everything else we have going on. And I feel like for me, it was a big wake up when I realized, no, I cannot hammer my body into doing what I want to do. I have to gently coax myself, you know, coax my body, work with it, not against it to, to get where I need it. I need it to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, I have, uh, women who, who like to ask me for nutrition advice, fitness advice, uh, people I work with. And a lot of the times, you know, we have this, we might have this impression of health for, for women sometimes that they have to be uh, shredded or like, you know, really dialed down uh, their body fat where in fact women are, you know, they're naturally more prone to have more body fat to nurture an infant. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, like you, uh, I love you, you put it, you, you put the hammer on the, on the head there where you said that women are, are more delicate in their physiology, perhaps where it's, uh, basking it's a feminine energy right it's a feminine principle of returning of like uh really going into yourself and nurturing yourself first and then and that's where you experience the healing whereas the masculine energy is more focused on going out and overcoming um yeah really like almost not may not necessarily feel like suffering but suffering to a certain extent like going through that certain strain that's more of a masculine focus and so yeah for a lot of for a lot of women like going 
relaxing more and, and eating more nourishing foods, those things in and of themselves are going to usually be most uh, beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is an interesting question, but I, I don't think I've asked this to anybody before, but what does your perfect day look like if, you know, it's, you go to bed that night and you're like, well, this is the best day ever. What does your perfect day look like? That's a great question. Hmm. Let's see. My, my day being perfect, I would wake up at sunrise and upon that I take my dog Brody out for a walk in the sun and following that I probably do that for around 20 to 30 minutes and then following that would perhaps be 10 minutes or so of like a visualization meditation uh, getting into the into the grass barefoot still in the sun and just getting still um, focusing on my breathing and then visualizing my goals, what I want to achieve, really stepping into that, that being that person and what that person does, how they act, really visualizing and imagining that it's a big imagination and visualization are very important to me. And I think are like the keys to manifesting what we want to create in our lives, whether that be a job or, or physical health, you know, really associating with that state of, and who that person is. So that, and following that would be working with uh, some clients, some coaching clients, uh, taking them through similar meditations and just working with them on their nutrition as well. Uh, The coaching I offer is, you know, it's not solely, it's mindset coaching, but we also understand the physical aspects of that as well. So there's some nutrition and fitness coaching there as well working with clients and then midday I'm outside again, working out, doing some form of working out. Usually I'll break my fast around the midday. That's usually good. I like to have some type of intermittent fasting. Um, and then later in the day, working some more, maybe making some content uh, pertaining to Instagram or writing. Writing is a very important one, writing newsletters, writing blogs, And in the evenings, it's winding down, you know, getting out at sunset. Again, the visualization while outside, the meditation is very important again for like five to 10 minutes. And then some reading, reading to end the day. I love, I love to read. So awesome. Uh, What do you like to read? Do you read a lot of um, like health related, uh, science related, uh, nonfiction, fiction? What do you like? Yeah, so usually, typically, my reading is nonfiction. Uh, it's a lot of self-development, self-help, um, optimization style of mm-hmm. reading. Uh, just to, to think about what I'm reading right now, I'm going through. Um, let's see, I'm reading some some work. It's the body keeps the score, and some some work pertaining to PTSD treatments and working with people and their traumas and because that's big in, in my mindset coaching, helping people through these limiting beliefs so that they can overcome and achieve what they want to more effortlessly. So that's that's something I'm reading right now. I'm also reading a book called, <laughs> and uh, this this is the title of the book, so it's not being explicit, but the title of the book is actually called <laughs> Toots. Um, and it's, it's a record. Okay, okay. Yeah. And uh, so it's a book by Regina Thomas Schauer. 
Um, that's a self-development book. It's actually, it's mostly for women. Um, hence the name. Okay. Um, but it's, <laughs> it was, it was calling to me and there was a synchronicity around buying the book. Uh, it's like a meaningful coincidence there. So I went ahead and got it. I've been reading it. Very interesting. Um, and also I'm reading a book. This is a fiction called Jitterbug Perfume. Uh, and, and I have been wanting to read more fiction recently to develop mm -hmm. the imagination, the visualization. I think it's very important. So getting more into, into fiction as I go on. But as of now, that's what I'm reading. Uh, and all the, in between all that is research, like reading research articles and uh, just digesting a lot of information, whether that's through videos or through blogs, you name it. Awesome. 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 Well, Noah, this has been an absolutely fabulous interview. I have just one last question to ask you. Um, if you had a billboard on I-75 in Atlanta where people are getting stuck in traffic every day and they're gonna see it. Yes. <laughs> what would you put on that billboard? That's a good question. Oh. Well, what brought this question, I was like, I've got to start asking people this question, is there was this billboard in Atlanta and my husband, he's driving to work, he paints houses and he's seeing it every day and it's it's been like pissing him off. He's like, this is the stupidest billboard. But it says, um, it says something like, yeah, milk from cows. It only makes sense if you don't think about it, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, I got one. So. I would say you're perfect the way you are, dot, 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 and you can be better. Oh, mic drop. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's, that, yeah, that's amazing. That's a good, good billboard. And I hope one day you have the means to get it out there. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to put it right there on, on I-75 at the connector. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Noah. Well, thank you again so much for meeting with me today, having this chat. Um, and if you don't mind, will you tell everyone where they can find you, if they wanted to work with you, maybe if they wanted to find your book, all of that good stuff. Yeah. So if the mindset coaching, you can work with us. Uh, the company's called Optimized Evolution. That's the name of it. You can type in optimized-evolution.com. Uh, That's the website. And also the Instagram, Optimized Evolution. For the Instagram, my personal Instagram, where I talk about anything on my mind, anything from physical health to any kind of philosophy or psychology, anything like that, the Instagram is uh, anabolis, and that's at A-N-A-B-0-L-I-S. Anabolis is the name of it. And yeah, the book is The Return to Nature, Ancestral Principles to Achieve Vitality, Longevity, and Wholeness. That's on Amazon, an ebook, paperback, and hardcover. I will say, however, as a preface, the book was designed to be a paperback or a hardcover. So the ebook formatting is a little off, but you can all the content is still there. Um, but other than that, that's that's it. That's me. 
Awesome. Okay. And I'll just add, definitely get the book, a uh, hard copy, hard, you know, paperback or hardcover because it's better for your eyes. You don't want to be staring at a screen. Um, but yeah, thanks again for being with us today, Noah. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Yeah, you as well. That's it for today. Until next time, stay meaty, stay strong, and stay inspired. Do you have a carnivore story to tell? Connect with me on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. I would love to interview you. And the world needs to hear your story and how meat heals. Thanks so much for watching and all your support. Bye-bye till next time.